0: IssuesETC.org slash 2023 nominations.
1: Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Will heal the sick and afflicted? Among and most the most
0: famous statements of dead. Jesus, drawn from John chapter ten, I am the good shepherd, probably second to that. I know my sheep, my sheep know me, they listen to my voice. He even talks about laying down his life for the sheep. He says significantly, No one takes my life from me, I lay it down of my own accord. Why is that important? Welcome back to Issues et cetera. It's time to teach a Sunday school lesson, Jesus the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. Pastor Tom Baker joins us. He's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel, and for almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Jesus begins his section by saying, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. What's he talking about?
1: He's talking about something that I was kind of unaware of until I read the Enduring Faith Sunday School material from Concordia Publishing House. It says, in Bible times, sheep pens did not have a door or a gate that closed. So the shepherd would lie across the opening at night. The shepherd was the only way to get into the safety of the pen and the shepherd protected the sheep inside from the dangers outside the pen. And also the shepherd also protected the sheep from wandering out of the pen and becoming lost. And so into your question, there were those who tried to get into the pen by not going through the front door, but through some other way. And they, Jesus would refer to as, false teachers of the sheep.
0: Regarding the shepherd, Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. What's he referring to?
1: What he's referring to is the fact that Jesus as the shepherd, who is the Christ that Christians believe in, we listen to his voice. I think that's very important to understand that it's the words of Jesus that not only assure us of salvation, but also indicate to us how he saved the world. He himself goes to the cross, says a number of things from the cross, and therefore what he says, the shepherd, his voice speaks out, and the sheep recognize it as the true God and therefore he leads them out into the world and he cares for his sheep, which are the Christians. That is not a privilege of those who are unbelievers. In other words, it's only the sheep who hear his voice. And there are a number of books written about sheep and shepherds, and that is correct, that sheep, recognize the voice of the shepherd. And that's very important for our Sunday school students to understand that when they hear of what Jesus has done, this is the speech of Jesus speaking to his believers.
0: Why did those listening to Jesus at the time not understand?
1: I think this is one of the most important verses in John chapter 10. It's verse six. He talks about a stranger they will not follow because they flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Then verse six says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, this is really important to understand, and that's why it's very clear that a congregation needs a pastor trained not only in the original languages, but also in the interpretation of the English. Because, for example, parables are a figure of speech. They can be an extended metaphor, an extended simile, and many people do not understand parables in talking about the kingdom of God, and they get them wrong. For example, they'll end up thinking that we have to do good works in order to be saved, when Jesus really disagrees with that. The Sermon on the Mount is a great example where he shows that we sin not only by deed, but thought and by word, and that he is the one who overcame sin fulfilled the law, and then transferred that fulfillment of the law over to those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith helps them not only to listen, but to understand the various figures of speech, the metaphors, the similes, the parables that Jesus uses.
0: How is Jesus the door of the sheep?
1: As indicated, I had said that, and this is from the Sunday School Literature, and I had not known this till I read this, that the shepherd lies across the opening of the pen at night, and therefore he is the way in, and the way in is the door. Now this really transfers over to what Jesus tells his disciples, when he gives them the keys of the kingdom, whosoever sins you remit, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are not forgiven. And the disciples and pastors and even lay people forgive those who are repentant but do not offer the gift of forgiveness to those who are unrepentant in their sin. And that's the way Jesus opens the door of heaven itself. So on the day that we die, our spirit immediately goes to be with Jesus. And then on judgment day, our bodies are raised from the dead, reunited with our spirits to live eternally with Jesus in heaven.
0: So you've mentioned this before, but the thieves and the robbers, she mentions them again. Who exactly are they in Jesus' context then?
1: In his context, particularly unbelieving Pharisees. In fact, although it's not part of the lesson, the verse right after the lesson, which ends at verse 18 of John chapter 10, It says the following. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words of Jesus. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And so you had some Pharisees who began to believe in Jesus, like Nicodemus of Joseph of Arimathea. But most of them remained unbelievers, not so much because Jesus could heal people, but because of the message that he brought, that he was the Christ, the Messiah, and that he was bringing the forgiveness of sins. Thieves and robbers, wanted to steal people from Jesus. And it's a shame that even in our country, in the United States, there are young people who are forsaking the church because they also do not understand the figures of speech that are used in the scripture. And it's a great opportunity for pastors who are considered under shepherds of Jesus to lay forth the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ, his salvation, and how we are forgiven without any cost.
0: Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. How should we understand those words?
1: The word life by God means more than just a living human being walking around. Jesus referred to the Pharisees as the walking dead. From God's point of view, life takes place when you have a proper relationship with the Holy Trinity, trusting in the promises of the gospel. And the gospel are promises on the basis of Jesus' crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, and all the things he did for human beings in order to take away the sins of the world as John the baptizer announced Jesus when he saw him. And so yes, we do have life, but to have it more abundantly means that we believe what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that life is a proper relationship of faith with god the holy spirit god the father and god the son
0: so take us through this short discourse on jesus being the good shepherd
1: well this uh, begins here in verse 10 he says i am the good shepherd verse 11 the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He makes a point that sometimes the shepherd really doesn't own the sheep, but instead hired hands are watching over the sheep. The trouble is when a hired hand sees a wolf coming, he may leave the sheep and flee, and the wolf snatches them, scatters them. And verse 13 says, He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So when Jesus says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. And then he goes, Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And that's what Jesus means by being the Good Shepherd. He's not a hired hand who makes money. He does freely for us our salvation.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on John chapter 10, Jesus the Good Shepherd, in a few minutes, Psalm 23. Why was there division among the Jews regarding what Jesus was saying here? Issues dot org slash twenty twenty three nominations. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step, classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR 23 to save on your order. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com
1: now. Sanctifying your commute with the Word of God. You're listening to Issues Etc.
0: Common and experience firsthand by sitting down in classes and actually hearing professors. Coming to chapel, which is always the high point of the day, to hear the Word of God and to lift our voices in song. Issues, etc. Regular guest, Dr. Paul Grimm, on why you should consider visiting Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Spend time talking to professors. I mean, there's not a professor here who will not be willing to to take time, whether it's after chapel during the coffee hour or just to come into one study and, and sit down and talk for a while, to answer questions, to, you know, help them to get a sense of, A, you know, do they want to be a pastor or a deaconess? And then B, is this the right place? And, well, maybe C would be the question, is now the right time for them to make that decision? If you've contemplated the vocation of pastor or deaconess, contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or send an email to admission at ctsfw.edu. Welcome back. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the Good Shepherd in John 10 and Psalm 23. Pastor Tom Baker of Long Gospel is our guest. Tom, why was there division among the Jews because of what was Jesus was saying here?
1: The real division occurred because the Jews were following a religion called Judaism, which we believe came about soon after the Babylonian captivity. The temple was destroyed. They weren't able to do sacrifices. And so instead of teaching the word of God, they became priests. They continued to do sacrifices, etc., but they didn't have their heart in it. And they couldn't believe Jeremiah when he said that the temple was going to be destroyed. In fact, they were willing almost to put him to death when he had said that. And therefore, there was a great division among those who had a different view of how to be saved. Remember the Pharisee in that other, well, as we say, figure of speech called a parable? He said, I'm sure glad I'm not like that tax collector because I tithe, I fast. And he was talking about the ceremonial laws, not even the moral laws. And Jesus was saying, no, the tax collector who admitted he was a sinner, he went home justified. But the Pharisee was not justified by God because he felt he was self-justified by his own works. And so that was a division on the basis of doctrine that some Pharisees did not believe the Old Testament promises concerning the Messiah and the need to have a Messiah, a Savior, who would come to take away the sins of the world. That was a real revelation by John the Baptizer when he said that about Jesus.
0: Why is the fact that no one takes his life from him, he lays it down of his own accord, why is that so important?
1: This is really a very important voice uh, that Jesus says, remember, He says in verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And then he says, I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And that occurred at the cross. At the cross, Jesus, as God, died. Normally, God doesn't die, but by becoming a human being, by going through incarnation, he was enabled to die. But he decided when he would die when he said, It is finished. And then a lot of people don't realize it, but Jesus raised himself from the dead. This is a great mystery to us that the very same time that Jesus was in the womb of Mary, he was also in heaven itself. And therefore, Jesus was always God. And therefore, his resurrection was due to the fact that he raised himself from the dead. And that's why nobody can take his life from him anymore. Because if they could, then we would wonder whether our sins were forgiven. But the resurrection is a clear teaching that God the Father accepts what his son has done, and he will never die again.
0: How does John 10, what we've been talking about here, Jesus' discourse on the Good Shepherd, connect to Psalm 23?
1: Yes, I remember when I was at the seminary, I think it was Martin Charlemagne who made the point that Psalm 23 was Jesus' favorite psalm, and it was very close to Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep. But when you take a look at it, it starts off The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means there's nothing that we will need that God doesn't supply. And He makes me lie down in green pastures. That means that's good food. He leads me beside still waters, because if they were raging waters, the sheep would get drowned by their fur, and therefore, they are still waters. He restores my soul. In other words, the soul that was lost in the sin of Adam and Eve, Jesus restores and rescues. And how does he do that? Because as shepherd, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And who can forget Pentecost, when the disciples received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So even when you are near death, you can fear no evil because Jesus the shepherd is always with you, with his rod, namely to take care of your enemies and his staff to lead you correctly. They are your comfort. In fact, even here on earth, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I would consider that to be the Lord's supper. As he anoints our head with oil, our cup overflows, referring back to baptism. And therefore we can conclude, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Mercy means, You do not get what you deserve. Instead, God is gracious and gives us what we do not deserve, the forgiveness of sins, calm and comfort here on earth, and a heavenly residence forever. As it ends, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Psalm 23 would be a great psalm and there's some hymns that the Sunday School literature talks about that they can sing the children in light of Psalm 23.
0: Where in particular do the Sunday School children hear the voice of the Good Shepherd today?
1: Today, they would hear it in their Sunday School teacher. If their Sunday School teacher is properly interpreting the Scripture and telling what the figures of speech really mean, that is as though Jesus himself is talking. Then in the worship service, remember when we confess our sins, the under shepherd, the pastor, he pronounces the forgiveness of sins, but he does not do that of his own power. He does that by the authority of Jesus Christ. I forgive you your sins. He's the voice of Jesus. And you can hear the voice of Jesus when you sing a hymn, when you do the liturgy, when you're at home reading the Bible or having Bible study. And so it's very, very important that we recognize that the Bible is the voice of Jesus as he told the disciples on the road to Emmaus, going from Genesis through the end of the Old Testament, how it was necessary that he must die on the cross and be raised from the dead and ascend into heaven to the right hand of God the Father.
0: Finally, what's the law gospel of this lesson?
1: The law is we have sin and therefore, because of our sin, we face physical and spiritual danger in this world, not only from the world, but also false teachers. The gospel is that we do have, though, a good shepherd, and it was very important that the Sunday school literature indicates that the good shepherd is one who not only leads us, but also protects us. And that's a promise that he has made in John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd as he promises to lead, guide and protect every believer.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years. He met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. Thank you. Wednesday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Terry Mattingly about media coverage of President Biden delivering a sermon at Martin Luther King Jr.'s former church, and we'll discuss the moral and cultural case for teaching the great American story. Our guest will be Tim Gagline. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening.
1: is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. You're invited to a special life service Sunday afternoon at 3 on January 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Columbia, Illinois. Pastor Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life, will be the guest preacher. What does Jesus have to do with life issues? Find out at a life service Sunday afternoon at 3, January 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Columbia, Illinois. Learn more at sidadvocatesforlife.com.